Chris Hall here on Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all the other places that you can find our, our broad, uh, podcast and all of our programming. And it's good to have these uh, guys with us today on our program. Ryan Reynolds? No, he says it's Robert Reynolds. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can't hardly tell the two apart, uh, Kobe Pierce and uh, Juan Daniels. And uh, good to have you guys. Pierce, right? Is that right? Got That's it right. right. Okay. Now, these guys are with the DGD podcast, and they love University of Georgia football, and they love talking about the uh, Bulldogs. And so we thought we'd have them on the program. We just sit around and talk a little bit about football, like you're sitting around in your, your living room, you know, with a cup of coffee or whatever it might be, and uh, ragging on each other about the uh, UGA. Well, tell me about the DGD podcast, and how long have you guys uh, been in uh, business? Robert, how about that? So we started peak COVID. Uh, it's kind of just something that stemmed from something I was doing before, where I was just talking and talking to myself, kind of in a Facebook group, and it kind of just materialized into a podcast. Uh, Juan came on shortly after, um, kind of growing that way, and then we brought on Kobe as well. It was one of these things where it just kind of organically worked together, and uh, you know, just obviously having just a fan's perspective. Uh, former players' perspectives, right? Kind of bring that, that uh, the whole, I guess you could say the whole feel around it. So, you know, just kind of doing the show every Monday, Wednesday now, and, uh, you know, just continuing to push forward and talking Georgia football. Hey, a lot of fun. Now, Juan, you played for the University of Georgia, of course. And yes, give sir. us a little bit, uh, give us a little bit about your UGA background, your years at uh, the University of Georgia. Yeah. So I, I played, um, Coach Breakoff was my head coach. Um, and then uh, my senior year ended up being Coach Don, and so I played with uh, the likes of Bobo. I played with Kirby, Heinz Ward, so I was there with that group, Terrell Davis. And uh, uh, unfortunately for me, but it's great for the University of Georgia, I was in the top 10, but this year Brock Bowers is going to knock me out of the top 10, uh, put me to 11, but then there's also going to be Lad Nakaki who's going to come in there and put me at number 12. <laughs> so, uh, you know, which, which was my number in college. So I, I can't complain um, anytime that, you know, you've got, you know, great guys doing great things, you know, for the University of Georgia is going to be something big. So I'm excited for this year. Hey, hey you know, if those two guys are going to knock you down the list, that's OK. Uh, that's pretty good company, yeah. brother. Yeah. yeah. And I love that the fact that they're they're blue collar guys. They work hard um, and they are everything that that the University of Georgia stands for. So what, a, you know, better pair than to knock me out of the top 10 than those two right there. How about it, Kobe? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I played um, under Kirby Smart from 2016 until 2020. Um, my last game was the Sugar Bowl that we won versus Baylor. Uh, so I was a walk-on long snapper. Um, didn't really play a lot, any of that. But just to been up here in Athens, um, I worked for the football team for a little while after I got done. Then I worked for the university this past year, and now I'm still currently working for the university now. So um, just up here in Athens, my wife um, met her. She played soccer here. Um, she's in med school up here. So we're just really immersed in in athletics, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of, um, you know, people up here that we still hang out with, go to a lot of sporting events, just really kind of live and breathe Athens air all the time. So definitely fun to talk about football with guys that know what they're talking about and, you know, can see it from a different perspective. 
Hey, we love long snappers. You know, and what? Yeah, yeah. You gotta have them. You you, you love long snappers. Special uh, teams matters, is what we always say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Well, it's good to have you guys on our program today. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll just uh, go around the horn here now. Okay, back to back national champions. I mean, seriously, who would have ever thunk something like that? You know, two years ago for the University of Georgia, I I remember the day. Uh, when we won the first national championship uh, back in 1980, I, you know, I watched the, that ball game with Herschel Walker and the crew. And boy, it was a long drought between then and uh, the national championship a couple of years ago, then the repeat. So Georgia back-to-back national champions, amazing run. These are the good old days. These are the glory uh, days. But now we're on the brink of the new season. And Georgia is loaded again. You know, I was, I was speaking with uh, Jeff Sentinel from AJC and uh, Dog Nation, and, man, he was, he was rattling off what Georgia has stacked up now and for next year. Is it possible that Georgia can win uh, another national championship? How possible is a three-peat? What do you think, Juan? How, how possible is a three-peat? It, 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 is, it is very possible. You can ask Robert. I predicted our first national championship. I predicted our back-to-back national championships. And I'm predicting that third national championship. We are absolutely loaded defensively. We're absolutely loaded offensively. And if you could tell by the spring game, uh, Carson Beck came in there and he played lights out. So he's going to have the reins. I just think it's a it's kind of a plug and play situation with the quarterbacks. I think all three of those quarterbacks can go in there and perform very well. But our depth and just the you know just the swagger that we have. And Kobe, I mean, Kirby said it. He just said, hey, we are not going to be hunted at the University of Georgia. We are going to do the hunting. And when I tell you that's something that's very, very scary, that's very scary. So look for us to be talking a year from now, talking about, wow, are we going to go for a fourth? <laughs> I mean, that's just, it boggles the mind. You yes. know, I've been a Georgia fan for so long. And, uh, you know, you expect, Oh, seven, eight win season, nine win season. Boy, that's a great season. We'll go to the Citrus Bowl or something. And then, boom, there you are. And you take out uh, Alabama and you win the national championship with that amazing game last year against TCU in the championship game. Just an amazing game. So, Kobe, you you think Georgia's posed, uh, uh, poised, ready now for a back-to-back-to-back national championships? Yeah, it's definitely been a topic of conversation on the show a couple times. Um, you know, I think you stay healthy. You don't get in your own way. You know, you let your chips fall in the SEC championship. Right now, I'm feeling like it's going to be LSU. You may see again in the SEC championship. I think they're the most complete team outside of us in the SEC. And then I think really your big hurdle if you get past them is Michigan. Um, you know, they've been kind of building – you know, two years ago, they run into us in their first playoffs. I think they're happy and content. They beat Ohio State. They've, you know, made a playoff for the first time. I think last year they kind of got in their own way, um, got let down in a big way, kind of, you know, handing the game to TCU in a way. And I really think with J.J. McCarthy's junior year, um, Blake Corum's coming back. I think Michigan really could be, you know, one of the top two teams all year this year. And so – I could really see it being us in Michigan in a slugfest for the three-peat or for, you know, their first title in a long time. But I think right now, you know, it's easy to predict that here in the preseason, nobody's been injured, nobody's been hurt. 
nobody's done anything like that. But, you know, right now I could see a very easy route with the schedule, with the way the SEC West is, that you could see yourself being the one seed, playing in the natty, you know, give yourself a good chance to three-peat. Yeah, it's just amazing to think about all of that, you know, as a reality perhaps for uh, Georgia. Robert, uh, you know, I, I noticed that the University of Michigan in their their practices now have incorporated a beat Georgia segment. You know, they, they've got that beat Ohio State segment in their, their practices. Now they've incorporated that beat Georgia uh, segment. Uh, what do you think about that? And what, you know, as you think about it, what would that consist of? Uh, because they can't replicate what Georgia does. What do you think? Well, I find it, I feel, I feel like it's kind of see both sides where you see it's a compliment to Georgia, right? Um, when you, when you have going back to back, you, you assert a level of physicality, different, you know, all these different traits that a lot of people aspire to have. And I think that might be what that could be pertaining to, uh, finding a way to right, like go good on good or, uh, just finding a way to get more physical because when, when you look at Michigan, right, when they played Georgia, they just got outmatched physically. Uh, you sit there, you look at, you know, you look at the game against TCU. They just weren't themselves, right? Like they didn't stick to their brand of football. And, you know, do I, do I approve of it? Kind of yes and no. I, I feel like you should focus on being yourself and, and bettering yourself rather than trying to beat someone, if you will. Um, ultimately though, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, if we're the standard now for that, then so be it. I'll gladly take the compliment. Um, but you know, kind of what Kobe says, right. You got so much returning talent there at Michigan. You just got to find a way to be more physical and assert your brand, right. Especially when you get to the playoffs, if you get there. Yeah. Now just looking back, just, you know, we're going to look back just for a moment. Stetson Bennett, I, you know, what an amazing two years that Stetson Bennett had. Uh, first of all, he comes in and nobody wants him. <laughs> Even the fans in the stands say, oh, no, we got Stetson on the field. And then he has that amazing run, the leads Georgia to that, to that first national championship. Still doubters in the stands, you know, among the fans uh, for the next year. Stetson Bennett, really, is it possible that he can uh, lead us to another national championship? And he does. Just one, when you, when you think about the Stetson Bennett story, uh, you know, the the walk-on, the leaving, the coming back, and and uh, coming from well, way back in the depth chart to uh, doing what he did, it really is, it's a movie-like story. Don't you think there's going to be a Stetson Bennett, the movie, because uh, somewhere down the line? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, anytime, I mean, look at Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner you know, went through the ringer only to, to, you know, become a Super Bowl champion. So, the thing that I liked about Stetson that first year was just the humility part. You know, you, you, you come in, you're a walk-on, you go somewhere else to better yourself and then come back to lead this team. I, I loved that about him. The second year, I was not as much as a, a big-time Stetson Bennett fan when he dropped the bombs when he was at LSU because I was thinking, always remember where you came from. And, and I think that that's something that Kirby teaches. That's something that I learned at, at Georgia that no matter what, this is who I'm representing. I'll always remember that part. I think he kind of lost that a little bit. But then you bring home another Nash championship. Um, I, I think that's a lot to Kirby. Um, you know, in that after that Ohio State game, Kirby humbled him. And then you yeah. saw a different Stetson Bennett in that national championship game. And I think that, you know, once you, you know, believe in your program, follow your program and understand who you are, 
that's what I liked about Stetson Bennett in that national championship game. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, a part of that attitude that uh, that Stetson uh, developed, I think, was just a chip on his shoulder. He'd been so dissed yep. and, you know, and, and he, he he started saying, okay, guys, I'm going to show you. And it kind of came out yeah. uh, a little bit. Uh, Kobe, uh, it looks like Carson Beck now is going to be the starting quarterback for the University of Georgia. You, you hey, look at the quarterback room for Georgia, Brock uh, Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton, uh, you know, will be uh, uh, behind uh, Carson Beck, apparently. And then you got uh, Dylan uh, Rioli coming in, Ryan Puglisi coming in. And, you know, for this year, the quarterback room looks uh, looks pretty good. But, man, for the next couple of years, wow. And somebody in there somewhere has got to be thinking about, I'm going to the portal. Wow. What do you think about Carson Beck and the future of uh, the quarterback at the University of Georgia? Yeah. Um, it, we've joked about it that, that your schedule this year especially – is is friendly early on to the fact that you have a new quarterback, possibly two quarterbacks that you need to get some some live fire repetitions. I mean, you open you open with two very, hey, to just call them super cupcakey games, but yeah. low pressure situations where you can run Carson out there and let him run the ones offense the whole first half, and then at that point. You can bring him either bring him in in the third quarter and let him run situational type football where you're going to say, hey, we need this type of route ran. You know, we're going to put you in a situation where, you know, we need first downs and three plays and and different things. But then I could also see bringing in Brock Vandergrift for a whole fourth quarter or maybe a whole second half in one of those games to just get him you know, used to being out there in not hand the ball off moments. Because at some point, I think that was a nice thing about last year especially, is, you know, in some of those early games, Stett's coming out at halftime, maybe the end of the third quarter. You're letting Carson Beck get some reps. You just don't want a, a, a Jacob Eason situation 2017 to have to have you jog out a quarterback who's never taken a full rep you know, under fire before. Um, I think Kirby's done a really good job of that, not only in the quarterback room. We've talked about it. The most impressive has been the offensive line room. We rotated seven, eight offensive linemen regularly last season to prepare people to be ready to play every day this season. I mean, it's it's mattered. Um, As far as looking for the quarterback room, it'll just depend the year Carson has. Um, You know, if, if he can be one and done, which is very difficult to do, obviously, then I don't necessarily see anybody hitting the portal super soon. But if Carson returns for a second year, then I think that's where it gets a little more dicey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, It's a pretty good problem to have, all these quarterbacks uh, coming in for Georgia that are certainly high-quality uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, uh, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, uh, Georgia's been relatively injury-free for the last uh, two or three seasons. Uh, and you got to think somewhere down the line, one of those guys, uh, you maybe, and we don't hope it doesn't happen, certainly, but, the, you know, you could have an injury and that could be out for a couple of games. And so, um, you know, you need a good, uh, sturdy, strong uh, backup, obviously, in the quarterback room. Uh, the, listen, Robert, Georgia, you know, I, I was raised on a farm. And we would gather watermelons, uh, you know, and down in South Georgia, we, we'd gather watermelons and, and you'd do clippings. You'd do the first clipping 
uh, you know, on the field and it would produce pretty good. And then you do another clipping and it just kept producing and the field would keep producing. And until finally it gave out, you know, here's Georgia again, they just keep producing these recruiting classes and the offensive line recruits that Georgia picked up this past week. My word, uh, these are some massive human beings <laughs> that are coming to the University of Georgia. Robert, how does how does Georgia do that? How, how does Georgia continue to maintain the level of recruiting that Georgia has been able to do? Is it one thing? Is it a combination of things? And I wonder how frustrating it is for other uh, schools in the SEC to see Georgia just continue to recruit the way Georgia recruits. What do you think, Robert? Well, first, I think it's a multitude of things. Um, I think it starts with the coaching staff as a whole, uh, the relentless approach to recruiting. I mean, if you go back to Sam Pittman when he left for the Arkansas job, you know, it was interesting to hear his comments about how Kirby showed him that recruiting on a different level. Uh, you know, it's not what everybody thinks it is when you're under Kirby Smart. So the relentless approach is one thing. I think also, uh, you know, listen, the fact that you've got new things, um, you know, called national championships, yeah. right? Um, those help. Uh, you look at the NFL draft success, right? Like, uh, there's a fun fact that, you know, under like any linebacker, basically from uh, Coach Lanning to, you know, Coach Schumann now, uh, if you played a start and snap, you're in the, on an NFL roster actively. Um, that's just absurd. You know, so you look at different positions, right? Obviously, you're familiar with linebackers, uh, but recent, you know, recently looking at offensive linemen and defensive linemen, you know, it's interesting to see before, you know, Coach Scott, uh, D-line, what really wasn't a big thing. Uh, in regards to NFL draft success, you know, now you're sitting there pushing out multiple guys, a, a, a class, right? In the, each draft, you're pushing out two, three guys. Offensive line, kind of same thing. You know, so I feel like under Kirby Smart, just the, every position is just exponentially just blossomed. Uh, and, and to your point, if you're an SEC op uh, opponent, uh, first off, I don't care what, <laughs> how you feel. Uh, it off, just get better, right? I mean, right. you look at this, Georgia spins more than anyone. Um, so it's just a multitude of things, but uh, obviously the NFL success, the on-field success, right, back-to-back -back national champions for a reason. Um, and then you look at, you know, kind of what Juan was talking about and uh, the recruiting class for depth and things like that, right? You don't have a chance to three-peat if you don't sustain the recruiting. It's, it starts with recruiting, um, you know, whether it be high school or the portal nowadays. Um, and Kirby's done an excellent job and the whole staff has done an excellent job to uh, sustain that and elevate it, uh, strangely enough. Yeah. And, you know, last year there, there was some chirping coming over from a state adjacent to us about, hey, we should be in the playoffs and all of that kind of thing. And my response Will to that was win the games. You know, if you want to be in the playoffs, win your games. And uh you know, don't lose to Tennessee and don't lose to LSU. Uh, win your games and you get in. So, but you know, nobody listened to me. But that's what I think. Win your games. Uh, what? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. Who do you think is going to be the biggest rival for Georgia in the SEC East? Uh, who's going to? I would think maybe Tennessee, but you never know. South Carolina looks decent. Uh, I, I, who do you think? Yeah. I'm going South Carolina. Um, South Carolina, they have, you know, uh, a great quarterback coming back. They've got a great running game. They are building. Shane Beamer is doing something great over there. Obviously, that's, you know, that whole coaching philosophy coming down from his dad. 
Um, special teams is, is big for them, but they are really, really making a push. They have got them, you know, they've just gotten some really great recruits in there. And their whole thing is, 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 is beat Georgia, beat Georgia. Um, you know, we, we've got a tough game at, at Tennessee. I think that they are going to compete, but as far as, you know, just being a, a huge rival for Georgia, I just don't necessarily see it. I think they've got some great recruits, but Shane Beamer's just doing something special over there. And I think that that's probably going to be our biggest competition in the SEC East. You know, I love Shane Beamer. I, I just love his attitude. And I never will forget, you know, they, in the post-game interview and uh, after Georgia beat South Carolina, and they asked him, well, you know, what was going on? And he said, those those five-star recruits, that's what's going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I just, his honesty was just so, uh, so refreshing. Uh, yeah. Kobe, you mentioned now uh, LSU and the SEC uh, West. Uh, who, who do you think over on the other side of the uh, SEC pond uh, coming out of the West? Hey, you know, I like Arkansas. I, I don't think they're going to win the West, but I, I think they're a pretty good team. What do you think about the SEC West? Yeah, I want to just quick thing on, on what Juan said, too, about South Carolina. I really feel like it's where they are in the schedule compared to Tennessee as well. Very early on, very you know unsure of our quarterback play. And, and compared to how they ended last season, very sure of the team they have. Um, you know, if you were to flip-flop them in Tennessee, I would say, you know, the, the answer would be the other way. Tennessee's issue is they just play us so far down the road. Yeah. But um, for the West, yeah, I always am going to love the pit boss. I've I picked – we do a pick them um, every week. I've rode with the pit boss in some games that I probably shouldn't have last year, but uh, I, I'm a ride with him. He's my man. I love love Sam Pittman. He's a great guy, one of the best coaches in all college football. But um, you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make a big turnaround defensively before I go picking them to win the West or anything. I think they were one of the bottom five teams in in pass defense last year. I just think LSU um, as of right now has the quarterback question answered. They have the defensive question answered. They have a lot of things um, that I just don't know that are answered in Tuscaloosa as we sit today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they have some questions on who's going to be running that offense. They have some questions on who's going to be running the ball, who's going to be catching the ball. You know, how is the new OC going to fare? How is the new DC going to fare? Um, I really think that the LSU is, if they stay healthy, they are going to be the team to watch in the West for the year. Um, I, yeah. And I don't think you can forget about Ole Miss, but they're going to also have to prove it as well, kind of like Arkansas. They're going why are y'all sleeping on Texas A&M, though? Yeah, Texas A and M's kind of interesting too. You 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 kind of wonder about. I mean, uh, they've got a great roster. Uh, they just have not performed, and uh, you know you got a new offensive coordinator at Texas A and M. Uh, so, uh, Batrino. So it's going to be kind of interesting uh, coming out of uh, coming out of the West. Uh, but, okay, uh, Robert. What about a a surprise team in the SEC, either good or bad? Either a team that you think is going to do really good, they won't, or a team that you may be sleeping on that they're going to do good. Who would be your surprise team either way? The well, my, my surprise team would be Florida because I just think they're going to be gator garbage is what it is. Uh, <laughs> shout out Project Path. Um, but in all seriousness, I, you know, I, I don't know about Tennessee. I have my reservations. I just think that 
defensively, I don't know if they're still there yet, right? Uh, they're building depth and they're recruiting. But I'm just – at this point, I'm not sold on Joe Milton. I know you, you did what you did against uh, uh, Clemson. But let's be honest, Clemson secondary wasn't scary last year either. So, uh, you know, I, I've got my reservations on Tennessee. I mean, there's a chance you could see them lose to Alabama, right? They, a couple games could be lost before they get to, um, to play us in the la- later part of the season. Um, a surprise team, watch out for Vanderbilt. I th- I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, for what it's worth, I think Vanderbilt might actually make a bowl game uh, and early in the season at that. Um, I just think that uh, Coach Lee is doing a good thing, uh, doing good things up there. And, you know, obviously look, you, they played Tennessee to end the season last year and it, and it kept them out of a bowl game, right? And that's just crazy to think considering what we expect out of Vanderbilt. Um, so I think Vanderbilt will be interesting to see. I'd like to see them get a bowl game for once again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Florida, I'm sorry, now Florida's going to be straight trash. Okay, we'll see. And, you know, speaking of Vanderbilt, we we do a little pick them thing, too, you know, week to week. And I'm a sucker for Vanderbilt. I don't know why. You know, I have no yeah. connection to yeah. Vanderbilt. But, you know, I, I love the underdog. I want the underdog yeah. to win. And so I would often pick Vanderbilt. And and every now and then they would do what I wanted them to do. So uh, that's uh, kind of cool. Uh, well, you know, one, uh, back in the day you played, uh, you know, back in the day. Man, college football's changed since you you were on the field. Uh, division realignments. You got conference additions and teams going from one conference to the other. You have the expanded. You have playoffs. You didn't have playoffs back in your day. Now you're going to have expanded playoffs. You have the NIL thing going on and the transfer portal. I'm wondering, uh, well, what do you think about all of this that's going on in college football and what's next? Is it is it in the long term? Is it good for the sport, or is the sport are teams getting used to it? And what do you think might be the next big thing in college football? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's crazy because you talk about the transfer portal, and people have different opinions on it. The only reason why I would be for it is because coaches have an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just hop to this next team. Yeah. So why not give a player that followed that coach and signed with that coach to go play? you know, with that coach. So if coaches should, you know, do it, I, I think the players should be. However, you know, are you married to that coach? Or are you married to that university? So when I signed my letter in Tampa, Georgia, be a Georgia Bulldog, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so no matter what, I didn't get on the field until my third year, uh, you know, playing wise, but I was a Georgia Bulldog through and through. And even though we lost our coach, Ray Goff, I was still a Georgia Bulldog. So I, I think a lot of that is days and times because with social media everybody wants to be that guy uh, everybody's that guy in high school everybody's you know they, they want to show here these are my top five and then they go and expect to play right away and they don't want to wait two or three years to get on the football field and I, I think that that kind of takes away a little bit and then the NIL I'm for players having a stipend and for them doing things but sometimes this NIL deal where there are players that they kind of look down on their other teammates because their teammates are not making as much or doing as much. So it can kind of, you know, be, you know, a double-edged sword when it actually comes to the NIL. Yeah. Um, uh, but as far as the, as far as the next big thing, I mean, you're almost thinking it's almost going to be NFL. It's going to be like the NFL junior. And, you know, a lot of these kids are going to be making millions of dollars in college and, and, you know, and then of course, you know, going to the NFL. So it's a slippery slope. Yeah, and you know, it all grew out of the pandemic. 
you know, really that that was the stimulus, yeah. you know, when the <laughs> pandemic hit. And we're still being affected by uh, the uh, pandemic. So, uh, Covey, uh, uh, back in the day when you play, I know, I know you would have been much in demand. You know, people would be looking for that long snapper to come into the portal. What do you What do you think about all of this and uh, college football that's come to pass in the past uh, few years? Yeah, I think that you know there there are parts of the portal that are really really good. They're very very helpful. They um, they allow guys a chance to go and play right away. Um, I think it it has begun to kind of self regulate itself. I think more and more student athletes are realizing, and more more coaches are doing this as well. Of like, okay, like if you put your name in the portal, you don't have a place to come back. Like we're not going to allow you to take your name back out and just come back after kind of shopping around. Um, and then I think you see that there, there are a lot of people that put their name out there that never find another home to play. Um, it, it, it's a lonely world out there all alone in the portal again for, for a majority of those athletes. Um, the, as far as the expanded conferences, I'm, I'm personally really not a fan when it comes to those, especially considering – the fact that we're about to expand the playoffs as well. We've right. talked about it. Um, you know, Kirby's mentioned it before. But who wants to see Georgia play Clemson and Oklahoma and Alabama just to maybe have to play Clemson, Oklahoma, and Alabama again yeah. later in the season? You know, uh, it just – it just again, like Robert's saying, it feels – or like Juan saying, it feels very NFL junior when you start doing it like that. Like you're talking about Alabama last year, win the games you're supposed to win, and you get rewarded by getting the getting the playoffs and possibly win a national championship. Where we know, you know, starting next year, you have the same year like they did. They're the five seed, yeah. and they're the highest ranked on. They're the highest ranked seed that doesn't receive a bye. I mean that you know seems like it kind of takes a little bit of the thrill and fun out of that Tennessee game. And, you know, who cares that we lost by a point? We're still going to make it at some right. point. So, Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, for me, the, the the only positives I think about the expanded playoffs is the fact that you'll have playoff games on college campuses. You know, and, and it'd be kind of cool to see Georgia travel to Penn State or Penn State travel to Athens, <laughs> you know, in, uh, yeah. in early December uh, to, uh, to play a playoff game. So that's one of the positives of it. And, you know, there's that dead period between the conference championship games and then the playoffs. you got that, what, a month of, of just kind of – you get the bowl games, but, you know, a lot of those are lower-tier uh, bowl, bowl games. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, and it's all about the money. You know that. It's all about the green, and it's uh, – that's, that's uh, you know, the way it's going to be. Uh, Robert, uh, as we uh, look to, uh, forward to uh, the coming season, uh, what's, on, what's on your mind? What, what do you think – what do you think about this coming season as far as Georgia is concerned and just nationally? Uh, but who do you, who do you see? Uh, I know you're a big Georgia fan, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this season coming up? You ready to go? I'm ready for another, I'm ready for three peak. Um, but in all seriousness too, when, when you look at Georgia having to replace right offensive coordinator, quarterback, um, Georgia's not alone uh, around the country. You know, you look at the elite contenders, uh, Alabama, same situation, Ohio State situation. Uh, you know, it, it's just – it's very interesting because there's a lot of teams experiencing the same things. 
uh, which kind of makes you feel this level of parity. Uh, I listen beneath us. Uh, I'm going to leave that there. But you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some you know marquee matchups across different conferences. Like I've got my eyes on week two, right? Going to watch uh, Texas go to Tuscaloosa, right? Mm-hmm. That could make that could make or break seasons for both of those teams. You know, you got Georgia obviously on our way to the playoffs again. Um, you know, there's several teams like who's going to win the Pac-12. You know, there's a bunch of these different questions that could be answered and asked, um, you know, across the country. And, and I think it's just opening up for a kind of an intriguing year of college football. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Juan, uh, tell me your uh, go-to tailgating menu. Well, well, when you get ready to tailgate, now, what 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 are we looking for? What are we going to have? We're, we're going to have ribs. We're going to have macaroni and cheese. We're going to have coleslaw. We're going to have uh, some French bread. Uh, we're going to have, of course, we're going to have sweet tea. And then we'll probably have some pound cake and some chocolate chip cookies. Uh, what time supper? Just got diabetes. <laughs> Just got diabetes. <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, what time is supper at yeah, your house? Exactly. I'm coming to your house, yeah. brother. Yes, Indeed. sir. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, all right, Kobe, give me your pregame rev up. Get ready to go song. What, 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 what do you, what do you put on to get ready to go? And see, this is this is gonna be funny. It, it, it's just more of a routine for long snappers. I'm not having to rev up. I, I don't need to be too juiced. Gotcha. Um, you know, that's that is always a big thing. We like to pick on kickers. You know, Rodrigo used to meditate in a corner <laughs> for 30 minutes before the game alone. You know, it, it, it's a lot more routine oriented than it is. I'm about to go knock somebody's head off. Um, but it, a big routine I had is I used to always like to go out, snap a couple, no shoulder pads on just to loosen up a little bit and then come back in, start to slowly get dressed, um, you know, walk around. Uh, always used to like to see how far you could throw a football to really loosen up the shoulder. You know, can I make this 45-yard pass on the sideline to my fellow long snapper? But uh, just, just nice and easy and, and know that you've done it hundreds thousands of times before and luckily for me really probably not going to need me to do it today well listen i want to know did you make the 45 yard pass did, oh, yeah. did you do it i got oh, i got a good arm there you go that's what i'm talking about <laughs> put me in coach i'm ready to play all right uh, all right robert now now uh, give me your i don't know give, give me your good luck charm before georgia plays you always do this certain thing the same way at the same time you know, it's your superstition. What? What? What is it? I know you got one. So I do. You? I do. You actually um, got to match the jersey for the home team or away team, right? Whether we're home or away, I got to match it, and I got to put it on roughly around thirty minutes before kickoff. I want to say thirty to anywhere between 30, twenty and thirty. If I do that right there, I feel confident in everything. Okay. If I, yeah. if I don't, if I don't, or I'm out, you know, listen. If I know I'm not going to be home or whatever. I will put it on ahead of time just to make sure, but I have to have it on before 20 minutes before kickoff. Do you have go-to socks on? Do you have go-to socks uh, or that doesn't no, 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 just a jersey, just a okay. jersey. And then, you know, you got to retire the ones that you wear when you win the national championship. So I got two retired jerseys as well. I got you. You know, I, I have a wonderful wife. She, she, I, you know, I coach the team sitting in my recliner when I'm not at the stadium and not, you know, at the game. I'm constantly coaching from my recliner, you know, and my wife will say, honey, you know, they can't hear you. And I say, I don't care. I, they, you know, they need to do what I'm telling them to do. So, um, uh, listen, how, how cooperative 
Juan is your wife with you uh, when you watch UGA. Does she does she let you holler in the house? Yes, she yes she does. She actually does a little bit more hollering than I do. So, you know, I I kind of look at her like, do I know you? <laughs> so, she is she you know she played volleyball at Georgia, so she is a diehard Georgia fan. I got you. I, yeah, my my wife usually goes into the other room. She says, "I can't take this." You know, yeah. you coaching and the, oh, I can't take it. <laughs> so she goes in the other room. Well, listen, guys, from uh, the uh, DGD podcast, you guys are great, Robert and uh, Kobe and Juan. Thank you for coming on our program today. We look forward to getting again uh, with you guys and talking about UGA football. Anything we need to cover today that we haven't covered? Uh, what do you think, Robert? Anything we need to talk about before we go? Uh, you know, I think there's 53 days left uh, until Georgia. Three days? 53 really? days. That's coming. It's counting down. Um, no, other than that, I think, you know, listen, it's it's a good damn, it's a damn good time to be a Georgia Bulldog fan. I'll tell you that. Yep. Hey, three, Pete, here we come. I like three. I like the number three. It's my favorite number. All right, guys, thank you for coming on our program, and uh, we'll have you back on soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you for having us.